Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. The fighting in the Middle East continues as Hezbollah fires more rockets into northern Israel this morning. U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice is in Lebanon for talks to resolve the crisis and will continue her tour with a visit to Israel with Prime Minister Ehud Olmert. Director of Foreign Policy Studies Chris Preble takes a hard look at the situation. Are we seeing a regional conflict developing in the Middle East? Not yet. It is true that particularly Hezbollah is a proxy for Syria and Iran, but beyond that, there is not yet a wider regional war. There's a danger, however, that that could happen. Some people are calling for attacks directly on Syria and Iran, kind of a deliberate escalation of the conflict. So I think there's, there is a danger, there's always a danger, particularly when the shooting starts, of the kind of miscalculation and escalation that is not necessarily intentional, but it just happens kind of by the logic of war. Should the U.S. respond in any way? Well, clearly the U.S. government has a responsibility to U.S. citizens in Lebanon, in Beirut, and the U.S. government over the past few days has worked to evacuate people who wish to leave the country. Beyond that, I think the U.S. has been very actively involved in Middle East peace efforts for many, many years, going back to the Israeli-Egyptian peace negotiations in 1979, and has been very actively involved since then. The simple truth is that these efforts have not ultimately resulted in a permanent peace. Uh, Again, Israel has decent relations with Egypt and with Jordan, but you have this problem, this persistent problem of Hezbollah. So it's not clear to me that U.S. involvement has been instrumental to resolving the conflict. And in the same sense, I don't really think it's likely to solve the problem going forward. I am particularly worried just from a U.S. perspective and from U.S. interests. I'm particularly worried about proposals to widen the war. I think that would be extremely dangerous for our troops in Iraq. It would be extremely unwise to expand the war to Iran and Syria, again, not knowing where that all could lead. It could be very, very dangerous. I'm also concerned about proposals to include the United States or to have the United States be part of a peacekeeping mission in southern Lebanon. The U.S. military is already very, very badly stretched for the number of things in addition to Iraq, and I I do not think that is a wise use of our, of our forces at this time. What about a peacekeeping force that does not include the United States? Well, ultimately, that's the decision for the United Nations and the member states that wish to participate in such a peacekeeping force. But I would note two things. First of all, there's been a peacekeeping force in southern Lebanon since 1978. There are currently about 2,000 forces as part of what they call UNIFIL, the UN Interim Force in Lebanon. 2,000 troops who, to be honest, have not had um, really any effect whatsoever on the current crisis. They are, in fact, almost stranded within the context of this war zone. They are not empowered. Their rules of engagement do not allow them to really do anything to prevent the fighting. They're really relegated to a humanitarian role, trying to provide uh, comfort and, and aid to uh, Lebanese civilians caught in the middle, not what you'd expect of the peacekeeping force, which, again, in the truest sense of the term, is trying to keep peace, trying to keep warring factions apart, and they simply haven't been able to do that. And I think even if the United Nations was able to revise the mandate for this force or create a new multilateral force, maybe not even a UN one, uh, there is the danger or the problem that if that force is not accepted and embraced by both parties, by both Hezbollah and by Israel, then it is likely to be seen by one side or the other as not a neutral player, but as on one side or the other. And that puts him in a very, very difficult position. 
there are, there are relatively few kind of successful peacekeeping operations around the world, and those that are there are part of a formal peace agreement where the warring factions have agreed to kind of separate themselves and abide by the terms of this force existing in the middle of them. And one of the good examples of that is there is a U.N. force, has been for some time, in the Sinai Desert as part of the U.N., as part of the uh, Israeli-Egyptian peace agreement. The use of force is another option. We went after Iraq on shaky ties to terrorism, and here we have Iran with direct links to Hezbollah. William Crystal of the Weekly Standard believes it's time for military action. Right. Well, the short answer to that is that Bill Crystal has been calling for military confrontation with Iran for some time. And so this is just consistent with his arguments for going to war and for raising the stakes. Also with Syria, the Weekly Standard, his magazine, has been calling for this kind of response for some time. The simple truth, again, is the U.S. military in particular is very, very heavily invested in Iraq, does not have the capacity to dramatically expand the conflict. And the danger that such a conflict, if we invaded another or attacked another predominantly Muslim country, the danger of such a thing spinning into a, into a full-scale clash of civilizations, what we all dread, that is what we're dealing with here. It could be a very, very serious possibility of that taking place. So I think we have to be very, very careful about talk of escalation and widening this war. I think really the U.S. interest is best served by trying to keep this war contained and ultimately resolved as quickly as possible in the interest of, of the civilians who are, who are dying on both sides. If the president did take Crystal's advice and deployed force, is a multi-front war in the Middle East militarily and economically feasible? Well, it all depends on how you define feasible. As I said, militarily, the U.S. military, particularly the Army and the Marine Corps, are very, very heavily invested in Iraq. The air and naval assets are a bit less tied up. But when we talk about a multi-front war, we're really talking about something that the United States hasn't dealt with in a very, very long time, thankfully. And economically, of course, it could truly be ruinous. We've seen the rise, kind of what we call the security premium in the cost of petroleum over the past few years, ever since the Iraq War. And I think there's legitimate reason to kind of question just how high this all could go. And again, obviously, oil is the primary concern, but it's not the only concern. There are a lot of other resources, natural gas and other trade that's going on in the region. And that could be very, very seriously disrupted by a major conflict. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.